Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Okay, hey everybody. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hope you guys are having a good day. I hope you went and played pickleball like I did. <sighs> yeah, I did. <laughs> anyway, hey, I want to welcome all the new listeners from all the various platforms that we've been on. That we, that we are on, that we've been on, that we are on, that we are on. There you go, right there. And I want to let you know that today we are not broadcasting live on Facebook because for some reason we couldn't get the technology to work, which is why we're a couple minutes late. So right now we're on Periscope and YouTube. And so if you are somebody who watches to watch on Facebook, you don't even know what I just said. <laughs> But you'll be watching the replay. You'll be like, hey, where was this during the actual live show? What are you doing? Messing with me? Huh? Are you messing with me? Yeah, you are. <laughs> anyway, I want to let you know that yesterday was such a cool show to have Pastor Tommy Norman on our show. You know, she really, really is an awesome lady. I love her a lot. And uh, I want to thank all of you guys for coming in and um, sharing with us the time that we had with her. Today, it's just me and Bareface. It's not his real name, but it is just me. And the question is, are you guys aware of this life-changing app, mobile app that has 330 million downloads, man? Oh my gosh. I read this news and I was like, that's got to be an app, just so you know. And this is Bible News Radio, people. Yeah, it is. So go ahead and share it out. Thank you guys for sharing this out. And we actually have a lot of interesting news to talk about today, actually concerning the Bible, because it's like my favorite book and it's my favorite topic. Just so you know, yeah, it is. All right. I love this opening theme too. I don't know who wrote it, but it's super good. I shared it on Facebook. Would it send people here to Periscope? Uh, I don't know because we're not on Facebook today because for some reason it's not letting Randall post it even though it should, which is a bummer. But, you know, hey, it's technology. That's what technology does. Technology sometimes like likes to like mess with you. It like goes, go ahead. See if I'm going to work for you today. All right, <laughs> so I don't know. How, are you guys having a good day? Are you? All four of you in the chat room, all 11 of you, 13 of you that are coming in right now, thank you for coming in. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I actually am going to share this out, too, on Periscope. Right there. Right there. All right, and yesterday, here's the thing. Yesterday, there was a story. We actually led the story with... Um, we, we led the show with the title of the show about an article that I actually didn't get to talk about. So I'm going to be horrible to you all and I'm going to 
start with that article because I feel like I, I, I didn't get to actually talk about that. And unfortunately in Periscope, we can't, we can't change the title to actually reflect the thingy. And then after we talk about that article, then I'll tell you what the app is because you guys are going to want to download this app. Just saying. Okay. So yesterday, uh, one of the conver- one of the topics that I want to talk to you about or talk to Tommy about, and we actually did talk about it, but not on air, was about this article that's over on the dailystar.co.uk. I think it's the last one I sent you. Uh, It's titled, Bible Bombshell, Jesus Had Female Disciples That Were Wiped From History. And uh, it says here in the article, there's actually a video. I don't know. Do you think you can get the video to work or no or yes? Let's skip it. We'll skip the video. So here's here's what this article says. I found this very interesting, especially as a woman. It says here, Bible experts Helen Bond and Joan Taylor have used forensic examination of the New Testament to search for the key to understanding how women were really viewed 2,000 years ago. The pair believe they have unearthed secrets which could change how millions of Christians across the world view their faith, typically only ever associated with men. The notion female disciples went forth and used their influence to spread the word of Jesus has major implications for the religion. Taylor and Bond believe for every male member of the traditional 12 disciples, there was an equally pivotal, or no, that's not right, pivotal, (laughs) pivotal, pivotal, that's my word of the day. I've heard it both ways. Female counterpart. (laughs) Mary Magdalene, often wrongly dismissed as a prostitute, is one such example. It's very true, actually. She garnered influence and became a well-respected public figure in a town on the Sea of Galilee, according to the historians. Another notable disciple is a noble woman named Joanna, who fled Herod's court. They believe she was behind large amounts of the disciples' financial backing and helped fund the spread of Christianity. Highlighting how damaging uh, Roman Emperor Constantine's impact on Christianity was, Taylor and Bond are seeking to repair the heavily deteriorated reputation of women in the Bible. For 200 years, the story of Jesus and his 12 disciples has been a very male affair, uh, the historians claimed, of course, the rest of this article. Uh, Let's see if it actually mentions what I want to mention. It says here, it's a story in which women play minor supporting roles as pious onlookers and repentant whores. Yes, we are pious. We know now there were many women, disciples of Jesus. It was very important to the, to the Jesus movement. Women weren't just by, bystanders to the greatest story ever, ever told, but the ones who made it all possible. Yeah, they were. Uh, throughout various periods of history, including the very Roman, early Roman Empire, variances in religious mood saw women scratched from artwork and removed from key texts. Can you believe that? That's so bigoted. When you look at the text, you start to notice that there are actually little references to women, said Bond. Apart from the Twelve, there was Mary called Magdalene, Jonah, uh, rather Joanna, and Susanna. And... Taylor believes a key to the importance of women lies within the language used to describe them in the New Testament. She's always called Mary the Magdalene, never Mary from Magdala. So it wasn't just about where she came from, but it was also who she she was. She said, she's strong, she's a towering figure in some way. The fact 
she's remembered in this way makes me think she was equal to the 12 male disciples. Um, you know, it's interesting because the whole text of the article actually says nothing like the video does. In the video, uh, what actually is mentioned in the video, which is why I want Randall actually to show it. Uh, well, if we want to do that, we can. Yeah, I really would like you to because what they say is very interesting. And they actually get to the Greek language in a particular passage of the Bible. And in it, uh, they, they basically say that... Um, that the word used in the Greek to reference the disciples when they went out in pairs, when Jesus sent them out in pairs, you know, to go out and evangelize, is the same word used to describe the animals when Noah said that the animals had to go on Noah's ark in pairs. Of course, we know that when the animals went on Noah's ark, in pairs that that was a male and a female counterpart and so these lady historians are actually saying that um that the implication there is that even though we have a list of the of the 12 disciples and apostles that we all know about that there was an equal a number of those disciples who are also women and I find it actually very interesting myself. Uh, I think it. I think it is very interesting that, according to the Greek there, that they found that that seems to be the case. And, and but the question is, and I will ask this: Why is this a big deal? Why is it a big deal? I I think it's a big deal because women in that culture were not considered um, well on par. Let's say I'll I'll be polite about it. With with uh, with the men, right? It was a very patriarchal culture that Christ was a part of when he was here on earth, right? And the testimony of a woman's, you know, uh, voice in the court of law during that time wasn't considered valid. This is why the resurrection story is extremely important because it was the woman who saw the resurrected body first, the resurrected Jesus and went and told everybody if it and if it wasn't true then uh, you know then you know then we wouldn't even have the bible i mean we wouldn't have this this narrative in the scripture if it wasn't true right because they didn't consider the women's testimony to be valid but because it was valid it's it's just another way for for me as a woman that God actually confirms and affirms women. Hey, Tommy, thanks for coming in and sharing that out. I appreciate it. I actually uh, mentioned you a little bit ago. Uh, we're not on Facebook, just so you know, because we couldn't get connected for some strange unknown reason. Hmm. But anyway, so that's why I think this is an interesting story, because if, if a woman's voice in that culture wasn't considered valid in a court of law, and yet we have the resurrection story that was first proclaimed uh, by a woman. Number one, we know God elevates women. Number two, the story of the woman at the well, which I absolutely love. You know, she goes back and she tells people, she's like this evangelist, obviously became a disciple. But she has this conversation with Christ and he elevates her by revealing to her the first time he revealed it to anybody that he was the Messiah that, that Israel was looking for. And she goes back and, and says, this guy told me everything 
all, all about me, basically. And uh, could he be the Messiah? <laughs> and of course, if you're like me, I have Michael W. Smith's song in my head. Could he be the Messiah? Miracle man. <laughs> Part of his plan. Uh, just so you know, if you're as old as me, you probably know that song. Yeah, right? She's the first evangelist. Okay, you got it, you got it yet? Um, yeah. Okay, so let's watch the video. I, I don't know if there's a commercial or not, but if there, there is. There was. There was. Oh, okay. Then let's watch this video. It's very interesting to me. All right. All right. Here we go. Oh, come on. I'm really interested in this passage about the choosing of the 12 apostles, the envoys that Jesus sends out into Galilee. And we have 12 male names. But I just wonder, are there women that are being hidden in this passage? Joan's theory is based on the meaning of a single phrase in Mark's Gospel, in the Greek in which it was originally written. So, look, you have Jesus sending them out, the 12 apostles, to proclaim mm -hmm. and to heal people. Duo, door, which is so curious because that expression means two by two. It's not just sending out in pairs, there are other Greek terms for that. But duo duo refers back to what we have in the Greek version of Genesis, in the Greek, the story of Noah, exactly the same, where the animals go in duo duo, two by two. And in Noah's Ark, of course, it makes it quite explicit that it is male and female pairs. So I think that these were actually male-female pairs of envoys sent out by Jesus. It's a radical suggestion. Not just 12 men, but 12 women disciples working together <laughs> in pairs. Uh, I love the dramatic over-voicing over, what is that called, voiceover. <laughs> America loves an underdog. Yeah, Those who America face unbeatable loves. Odds. Was there a commercial right during that? right here in Tennessee, Randy Boyd has lived that American dream. That's right, The he first has. in his family to graduate from college, he <laughs> started a business, and it failed. But they got up already. and started Where's... again. Hundreds of jobs later, I've... their I've... comeback is a... <laughs> couldn't find it. It was... <laughs> Hidden. I know, I know. That's all right. Hey, Randy Boyd for whoever it was, governor of Tennessee. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, tomorrow is vo voting day here in Middle Tennessee, so it should be interesting to uh, to see. But as I said in the show description, the app with 330 million downloads, the life-changing app, happens to be the Bible app. <laughs> Imagine that. What do you know, huh? Uh, according to uh, Crux Now and a number of other websites, by the way, it says here, a high-tech Bible in your pocket? Yeah, there is. No, just kidding. In 2018, it's a reality for hundreds of millions of smartphone users around the world. But a decade ago, when leaders of Oklahoma-based Life Church developed the popular U version app, 
the concept was new. We just thought, what if the Bible could be among the very first group of apps? Bobby uh, Grunewald, pastor and innovation leader for the multi-site evangelical church, which each week draws roughly 75,000 worshipers to 29 locations in nine states. It was, per- it was profound how simple it was, yet how well it connected us to God's word in places and environments where we didn't have physical Bibles added. Grunewald, a one-time technology entrepreneur who entered full-time ministry in 2001. Life Church enlisted a 19-year-old staff member named Sam Sofs, now a San Francisco-based software engineer for Lyft, to create the Bible app in 2008. Yeah, he did. When Apple, when, when Apple launched its app store uh, 10 years ago this month, Uversion was one of the first 200 free apps available and the only Bible app. That first weekend, from Thursday to Sunday, we saw 83,000 people install it on their iPhone, and it blew our minds. Uh, Grunewald said, we had no idea that was possible, and that was only the beginning. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't know why this is making me emotional. Anyway, it says here, countless other Bible apps have followed, but version remains the Gutenberg Bible of online technology. That's kind of cool, if you think about it. Religion researcher Scott Thuma said, referring to the first mass-produced book printed in the 15th century, indeed, version is the 300 million pound gorilla of Bible apps. That's crazy, isn't it? Isn't that nuts? Uh, said this Thuma, director of the Hartford Institute for Religion Research in Connecticut. It is true there are many others now, but Uversion was the early front runner and has continued to improve and offer features that make it the best and by, the, by far the most often downla- downloaded worldwide. Um, and it goes on, it just it says at the beginning, Uversion offered the Bible in 15 versions in two languages through. Partnerships with publishers and Bible societies, those numbers have expanded to 1,700 versions, which totally rocks, and 1,200 languages. Uh, In the shadow of a massive white cross that overlooks Interstate 35 in the city of Edmond, 32 Life Church employees, bolstered by 1,000 volunteers around the world, work full-time with the version. By the way, did you guys know you can actually volunteer on that app? You can actually go into the, the Uversion app and actually volunteer. It's, it's actually a true story. Uh, tech support is offered in more than a dozen languages. The volunteers translate the buttons and interface work. They speak at least 50 languages because every time we add a new feature, it has to be translated into 50 plus languages so that the interface of the app is intact. Uh, Uversion, the first option that shows up in the app. In the App Store, search for Bible remains free with no commercial advertisements. And that's actually true, too. People donate to the app, though. When I ask a group of people about their overall digital experience, they often talk about how when they are at work or at school, they use their computer to come up with Bible things, said John Dyer, who teaches a course on theology, technology, and digital culture at Dallas Theological Seminary. So in that world, they're going to be exposed to something other than you version version is going to primarily be an app on their phone, and that's something worth mentioning in the whole digital realm. An $8.3 million annual budget funded by Life Church members, tithes, and outside donations pays for, version, pays for Uversion. Benefactor support and mission 
to reach as many people as possible through their phones and introduce them to Jesus. The church never has had to hire. Oh, this is this is making me cry. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's because I need chocolate in my diet. No. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's it's You can do it. <laughs> I believe in you. I know. It's just crazy. Okay. They've never had to hire somebody basically to raise money because God has always provided them out that they needed every year for this app. Is that crazy or what? I mean, there's people I know <laughs> very personally who struggle every day to get what they need, but God has totally blessed this this app, and it's very cool. It says here, fostering digital devotions has become a ministry hiding in plain sight. There are people from our own church who are surprised sometimes when they learn the app is put out by their own church. <laughs> it's a missional output of our church, but we're not trying to boost our church attendance numbers from it. Laura Wasson Warfell is a member of Living Springs Community Church, a Reformed Church in America congregation in Glenwood, Illinois. Uh, she switches between her printed Good News Bible and the YouVersion app where she favors the New Living Translation. I use YouVersion all the time, said Warfell, who is in her 60s. I love the search feature. That's probably my favorite part. I also love the verse of the day, she added. Of course, everybody loves the verse of the day. I know those of you who have that app on your phone. You know why? Because you're always sharing the verse of the day. It's hilarious to me. I always laugh. Anyway, um, and and anyway, and David Regeer, minister of music for the First Baptist Church in San Jacinto, California, said he enjoys the ability to scroll through scriptures on his phone, but he prefers a paper Bible for church and study. The obvious downside of an app is that it's not just the Bible, so there is the ever-present temptation of gasp, Twitter, at a touch of a screen, said this guy who's 51, whose alter ego is the church curmudgeon, a cranky old believer with nearly 100,000 Twitter followers, and actually flipping around in a paper Bible helps cure Bible knowledge in the brain. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this guy said he has version installed on his phone, but he primarily uses the ESV Bible app, and the NSAB Bible app. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I like the, the NASB myself. Just saying. I'm old-fashioned enough to want to have fewer bells and whistles on my program so I don't get distracted from the Bible while I'm reading it. Nationally, the use of technology to read, to read the Bible has grown steadily, according to the 2018 State of the Bible survey conducted by Barna Group in partnership with the American Bible Society. About 42% of Americans who read, listen, or pray with the Bible on their own have a Bible app on their phone, the survey found. Still, 89% of Bible users say that a print version remains appealing to them. I agree. Personally, I like my, my, my print version. Print is still king. However, a lot of times it's both... Uh, it's, it's a both and situation. It's not that print is being replaced or that digital is not being used. It's just that they're adding digital usage along with their print usage of the Bible. I can actually attest to that because I, I get free Bibles all the time from Christian publishers because I work with them and whenever there's a new version, they send me usually a copy of it. Um, and a lot of those free versions actually come with software now that you can actually download and, and all of that. So anyway... So this is very cool that the version, the Bible app, has 330 million downloads. 
uh, over a 10-year period, and it continues to grow. And I have to say, actually, that I have it on my phone, and I'd like to know if you actually have this app on your phone, because I would not be surprised, most of you, if you actually do, because there you go. Now, and speaking of that, your sweet and lovable sappy host here, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why that got me all choked up. Uh, but there is here um, this other article over on ChristianHeadlines.com uh, titled, New Bible Survey Reveals Christian's Bible Reading Habits. Ah, so this is a different one than Barna did, the state of the Bible and all this. This is different because this actually talks about how Christians read their Bible. And as you know, a couple years ago, one of our big pushes here on this show was Daily Disciples, where Randall and I were, were that, that was our first, I think it was our first year goal when we were here on Periscope in particular, was to actually get you in the Bible every day, right? So you have your version on your iPad. Uh-huh. So Barbara has it. How many, how many of you guys do actually? Have you version the Bible app on your phone or 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 any device that you have? It could be an iPad, it could be your Samsung Galaxy, it could be that Android. No, um, all that. Yeah, just let me know. So this article, though, about how Christians read their Bible, it's called You Version, Melanie, which you you have on your phone because you share the Bible verses out all the time. <laughs> Uh, the YouVersion Bible app. Okay, so anyway, it says here, the average Bible reader spent 24 out of the last 30 days reading scripture in the early morning, read the Old Testament far less likely or far, far less frequently than the New Testament and found the prophetic books of the Old Testament the most difficult to understand. Okay, so now some of you guys are saying it. So Rich says... I only use the app when I'm on my device. I like reading the paper Bible in your hands. Stephen does, and Mia Mia does, and Barbara does, and yes, Melanie, I know you do because you share out the verse all the time. All right. See, so all you guys do, you Bible lovers, you part of the 330 million downloads of this app. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, according to a survey of 6,000 Bible readers by the Christian book publisher Crossway, that examined Bible reading habits for those who read scripture regularly, here is what they found, okay? And Diane does too. Awesome. Early morning is the most popular time of the day to read the Bible. Bible readers spent, uh, on average, 24 days of the past 30 days reading scripture in early morning. The second most popular time was late morning with 21.59 days. And the third most popular time early afternoon with 20.75 days. And then late evening at 19.02 days was the least popular time. So basically most people, at least the six out of the 6,000 sample here, which is a pretty good sample. That's a, actually an awesome sample. Uh, so it, so we've all been conditioned to be like Jesus, right? And get up early <laughs> and, and read the Bible early. Okay. Anyway. Women are more likely than men to journal and use devotional resources while reading scripture. And men are use commentaries more frequently than women do, which is not shocking at all, actually. It's very interesting to me that women will use a devotional because, and or like Bible journaling or something like that. And men use commentaries. Typically, I would suggest probably the men 
I would I would venture to guess that the men who are reading this uh, or yeah who are doing this or a lot of them may be pastors I would hope let's hope all right uh the old testament prophetic books Isaiah through Malachi are the section of scripture hardest to understand I actually don't find those books that hard to understand at all um but anyway Nahum is the book least likely to have been read in the past month I could totally understand that though Matthew and Psalms are the books most likely to have been read during that time, which makes sense because usually people read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they have been conditioned to read Psalms and Proverbs. So that's kind of interesting. The Old Testament is far less likely to have been read in the past month than the New Testament. Genesis, Psalms, Proverbs, and Isaiah are the Old Testament books most likely to have been read, which is very interesting, isn't it? It really is. The books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans are the most popular books to read in the New Testament. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there is. But I think there's a I Personally, I love the little epistles. And I love the Old Testament, especially books like Nehemiah and Ruth and, you know, Jonah. Like, Jonah's one of my favorite books of all time. I love Jonah because he was a prophet who never really got it. But, Sad but true. <laughs> If you're not a Veggie Tales fan, you don't know what me and Randall just did. But if you are, then you got that. Anyway, the biggest barriers to reading the Bible, according to the survey, number one, not having enough time, which is a bunch of BS. Actually, we all have enough time. People don't make the time, but that's the excuse people give. Anyway, number two, lacking motivation and discipline. I would say that's accurate. Number three, feeling intimidated, which I can understand because a lot of people have been conditioned to be intimidated of the Bible. And four, struggling to apply the Bible to everyday life, which they can't do if they don't read it because, you know, that. well, how do I do that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, this survey was conducted in January just a couple of months back. So I think this is very interesting. And yet nothing in it actually really is, is a big shock to me. I don't know. What, what about you, Bareface? it shocking to you at all um no not at all especially people you know the reason they'll read is feeling intimidated you know because especially when a bible is sitting on its clothes and sitting on a table to honor you know prisoners of war and missing right. in action and it's really intimidating right i mean it's scary to have it in a place like that so you know if it causes such controversy you know sitting on a table where no one sits then, you know, certainly approaching to read has got to be terrifying to some people. Yeah. Um, I say that, of course, tongue-in-cheek. Do you totally. really? Well, I think there's some truth to it, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> that was, was kind of devious, that little laughing. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> Going back into you know, a story yesterday, I know you know, people I think actually, it's going to catch. I actually almost fire or something. I actually almost, um, you know, read that again. Actually, we got a couple other stories too, but I want to read uh, what Rich Prophetic Rich is saying here. He says here, uh, let's see here. I read one chapter of Proverbs daily, plus five Psalms a day, uh, and read three chapters of the Gospels a day for the month. Get through all the Gospels in one month. And Stephen says he journals. You know, it's interesting. When I was first a disciple, uh, when I was first a, a young believer, which seems to be like forever now, coming up on almost 40 years, which really is amazing. 
I mean, I feel so old now. <laughs> but my friend, my discipler, Boo, uh, what she did was she, I, and I got to find my notebook. I got to find it. She gave me this for my birthday when I was, I think, 14 years old. So I'll be 50. So that tells you how long ago that was given to me. It was uh, C5, that's four, six, 36 years ago. Okay. So, and she, she laid out this whole Bible plan for me and you memorize the scripture a day and put down your prayer minutes and all this stuff. And I actually loved it so much. I did this all the time for a number of years. And I thought, you know, one of the things I have a little dream about is to produce a journal, a Bible journal that actually would coincide with this show. Because I know a lot of you watch the show, you take notes sometimes, you you're, you learn stuff and it's kind of like you want that in a Bible reading plan and all that. So I am working with somebody, I hope, hopefully one of these days, uh, to get that taken care of. But speaking of the Bible, I want to offer you some resources here. Uh, you know, Ariel Ministries is uh, one of our sponsors of, of the show. They've been doing it for a long time. And they asked me to share with you a number of resources. And so today I want to share with you a couple that will really help you in your, in your actual Bible study. So here's one that's called, this is the Come and See series, okay? So this is, um, uh, boy, my foot hurts. Boy, that hurt. Ah. Uh, that did hurt. That really, that hurt really bad. Um, this is the Come and See series. So this is Dr. Fruchtenbaum's Breakdown Little Bible Studies. These are actually awesome. So this one's called The Word of God, Its Nature and Content. And um, it says here that what these are is, this is a, um, these are Bible studies transcribed from Dr. Fruchtenbaum's original radio broadcasts. Each study is a solid foundation upon which you can stand or from which you can teach. The text will edify you in your personal devotion or small group Bible study, regardless of which topic you choose. Each volume of Come and See contains uh, questions and study suggestions that will challenge your walk with the Lord and help you apply the truths, okay? So this one here is is on the Word of God, okay? And then this one, I think this one's one of my favorites, this one here. This is uh, Messiah Yeshua Divine Redeemer, Chris. Christology from Messianic Jewish perspective, not very easy for me to say, but this one is really, it's a little bit thicker. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff. You really, really want to know who Yeshua is here. This is a really hand-packed, solid Bible study uh, that you'll get a ton out of, and these are not that expensive. And the other thing is, not only are they not that expensive, you save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News, and you save on it too. So there's that one. And then what we know about God, this is theology proper. Don't let the word theology freak you out if you're somebody that gets scared of the, that big word. Um, but this one's little. And they're written. It's so easy. Anybody can understand it. Okay? And then you guys know we're big supporters of Israel. This book's called The Remnant of Israel, The History, Theology, and Philosophy of the Messianic Jewish Community. This might actually appeal to those of you who... Um, you know, who do this. I, I actually have read most of these because I love, I love this ministry and I, I wouldn't be promoting them for so long if I didn't. And then this here is a commentary. Uh, those of you who like commentaries, this is a commentary called the Messianic Jewish Epistles. This is Hebrews, James, 1st, 2nd Peter, and Jude. 
Um, and this is basically just a commentary that goes with all those books, which is super cool. This is my favorite commentary of all. This one's actually still in its wrapping because I actually have another one that I that I I've opened up. So this is really good. So if these interest you, I know Randall's going to put them on the website uh, over at BibleNewsRadio.com. And you can go, you can purchase it. But remember, when you do, use the coupon code BibleNews. You'll save some money, okay? You'll save 20%. And we'll remind you every day of these as well. So there is that. Ah, okay. You know, it just occurred to me, I don't know, I haven't, I didn't, haven't read about the the title of the series but you know in rabbinic writings uh it's very common to see the phrase go and learn Mm -hmm. go and learn what this means in fact yeshua told that uh to the pharisees uh when they were trying to correct him and he you know he corrected them and he says go and learn what this means you know that i desire mercy not sacrifice he turned around and used that phrase that's common in rabbinic literature, but then I think of you know that that's sort of the rabbinical method is is to go and learn. But the method of Jesus, the method of Yeshua, is to come and see. You know, Rabbi, you know where you're staying. Well, come and see. And True. you know, and I think of the the unnamed woman at the well. Says, "Come and see a man that told me all the things I've ever done." And you know, when it comes to learning from the author himself from Yeshua, it's, it's not go and learn, it's come and see. Yeah. So. I, that's a very astute observation, actually. Um, and I also should say that there is a new Bible study for this month, August. Uh, it's titled, Why is God Saving Gentiles Today? That's a free PDF that we give you that gives you a little bit of a taste of Dr. Arnold Frutenbaum's um, way of, of teaching. I mean, he really, all Arnold does is he just actually opens the Bible up, he reads it, and he actually looks at what's what's being said. <laughs> it's actually quite innovative, if you think about it. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not really. But it's so simple that even a kid could get it. Okay, and then the Bullhorn mobile app, you guys. Um, I know most of you in here are already on it, but if you guys could do us a favor, share out the Bullhorn mobile app with, with people. Uh, and you can do that by going over to getbullhorn.com. Um, and of course, Randall and I are actually putting up stuff on it. Uh, I'm reading through the book of Romans right now on Bullhorn. If you want to read through Romans with me, then follow me. And, you know, interestingly, yesterday, Pastor Tommy and me at the very end, we were talking about how, how, you know, it's okay to encourage people to follow you or to do something like you do if you're in Christ and you're not like leading people astray and a false prophet and all that type of stuff. Just so you know, a big sign of false prophets, number one, they call themselves prophets. Number two, <laughs> they're they're always telling you to give, they, they, they say stuff like, somebody here can sow $5,000 seed into my ministry right now, something like that. They, they do that, that type of stuff. And they'll only say stuff that you want to hear and not stuff that you need to hear, which, as you all know, is not me personally. I tell you stuff you hate to hear all the time because I can. And, you know, I mean, you could shut me off. What? She's saying that again? I'm out of here. (laughs) Just kidding. Anyway, um, yeah, so check that out. 
Okay, also ID Shield. Yesterday, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to, to everybody who, okay, cool, Barbara. All you got to do is uh, follow me, Stacey Lynn Harp, or search Bible News Radio, and I will follow you back. Because uh, once I see it come through, I'll just follow you right back. Um, so yesterday, um, I, I got to share an answer to prayer, okay? This is a true story. I, I do, I sell Legal Shield, and uh, yeah, Dusty it was. It was the Version Bible app. Um, I, I sell, I'm an independent associate with Legal Shield. I just recently started doing this like uh, almost two and a half months ago. Because I'm trying to earn more money, because we need, well, we 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 do. We have to earn more money so we can keep doing this and and all that. And you guys, pillars of the community that donate to us, we really appreciate it. You help me out way more than you think than we could ever, you know. Thank you for. Uh, if I could give you all hugs and kisses every time you help us out, I would. But it may be inappropriate because I probably cry all over you every time. I'd be like, thank you so much. <laughs> But anyway, um, and by the way, you can donate to us through our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. But so, yes, so all last month, I was I was learning how to sell Legal Shield with the legal services and the identity theft because I've been doing a lot of research on this, and I'm telling you, it's a big, huge issue, and I'm not making it up. I see it every day, right? The services are awesome, and we keep telling you about it, and and a number of you have signed up. But here's the thing. One one of the benefits there, and there's a couple of benefits, and I'm only bringing this up. And if you're somebody who listens to me all the time, and you're like, "Oh, you're talking about legal shield again," blah 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 blah. blah. I apologize for irritating you. I don't mean to. It's not my it's not my desire. But like today, I was at pickleball telling a friend of mine about this. Look, with legal shield, you have access to a whole attorney. Uh, you know, uh, you know, a whole What's it called? A firm. Law firm. A whole law firm. <laughs> I'm getting old. A whole law firm in the palm of your hand for 25 bucks, basically, a month. That's it. Really. I mean, seriously. They get your will done uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Help, help you with traffic tickets, answer your legal questions, um, a whole bunch of stuff. Plus, you get access to perks. Uh, there's 400 different places you could get perks. And... Um, it's, it's 25 bucks a month. It covers you and your husband or your domestic partner uh, and your kids under 26 if they're living at home and still in college, okay? So, I mean, that, that's it. It's, it's chump change, really. It's a dinner out. That's what it is. And I have to tell you that, um, that uh, um, you know, starting out, the commission structure for, for this is it, it starts out pretty low, really, because what they do is they pay out your commission the full year in advance. So when you sign somebody up, you're getting paid for the full year, which is an encouragement, honestly, to keep that person, you know, on as your as your customer, right? I have a background in customer service, and I probably overdo it with, with super great customer service <laughs> because I hate bad customer service. Anyway, long story short, part of what Legal Shield does, though, is they actually give you bonuses along the way. And and the thing is, is the bonuses, actually, they that's what helps you to make more money, um, you know, as you're building your business, right? And so, uh, so this past month in July, I had a whole bunch of people show interest in ID Shield, which, by the way, is only $9.95 a month, right? I mean, basically 10 bucks a month. It covers everything, not just your credit card or debit card. 
it's and you get perks with that too right so so here's but here's my answer to prayer my answer to prayer was that I was really struggling with 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 uh, you know doing this because here's the thing uh, it's actually not an affiliate program it's actually your own business when you sign up it's nine and nine bucks to sign up and uh, you can increase your wage as you sell more insurance policies that's basically what it is okay all right so I was struggling with this because they set these goals. I'm very goal oriented. I love to. I love goals. It took me 13 years to earn my master's degree. <laughs> that was my goal to get a master's degree. Uh, it was other things too, but <clears throat> but it's really cool to to reach your goal, right? So yesterday morning I was at 140 points. I had prayed all month about this, and I was like, Lord, I keep following up. I'm doing what Vicky Fitch tells me to do. I'm doing this, blah blah. I'm doing all this stuff, blah 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, okay, God, look, please, you know, you you know, Randall, and I could really use this extra bonus money, which is only ninety dollars. So it's not like it's a gazillion dollars, but frankly, ninety bucks to me and Randall is a lot of money. Um, and so it was really cool. Tommy signed up yesterday with her husband put us over the top, actually brought us to our level. And uh, Bill, Keto Bill and his family, who's they're both here in there, they actually signed up too. And they did it. And you know, it was two people that I didn't actually pursue. <laughs> and so why am I sharing this? I'm sharing it because uh, the, you know, because one of the things Vicki always says is dream it, believe it and achieve it. I don't dream much, but I pray, right? And, and I, I believe that our faith is increased when we pray, right? Because we, when we pray, hopefully we're trying to believe something, right? And then the Lord hopefully will, will bless what you're doing if it's within his will, which of course it is when you're working, the Bible says work hardly as unto the Lord, right? You reap what you sow. And there are people who will want to start a company of their own or whatever, and they'll just sit there and they'll go, hmm, how come I'm not making any money? <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys, honestly, I literally spent, and I'm not kidding you, I probably spent on average for each person I signed up about three hours, okay? So, uh, and, and it's something that I don't mind doing because I want people with this product in particular to actually know what it is that they're getting. I'm doing stuff with the people that I signed up that no other people that I know in this ministry, in this, in this ministry, it actually is a ministry. It's, it's a, it's, it's a company, um, you know, are doing, I want you to know, cause I want you to make sure I don't want you to sign up under me and then go, Oh, I don't want this. Blah, I don't know what I was getting. Cause here's the thing. If you go Google legal shield, you'll see a lot of negative reviews. But if you read the reviews, they're all because somebody didn't tell them what they were getting and their expectations was wrong. So I just want to share that as an answer to prayer and thank Bill and Tommy for signing up yesterday and helping us out. So this is our third month in it, starting now in August. So we have the goal still because, you know, we want to sign people up, but, you know, we also want to get the bonus. So people, <laughs> if you think that getting identity theft protection is a good idea, and I think it is, then then please talk to me afterwards or message me. If you're interested in the Legal Shield, which is also really a good idea, 
then please get in touch with me and let me show you what it really is. And you can decide whether or not you want to get it or not. I'm not going to force anybody to get it. Um, but I do think it's a good thing to have. And honestly, it's insurance that you'll use. It will actually pay for itself if you use the perks. And, or you actually use it because, you know, it just, it just will. So I wanted to share that. We have a lot of repeat bots in here today, don't we? All right, so this other story I found is on uh, eternitynews.com. This comes out of Australia, the the website here. Uh, thanks for telling me about it. Yes. Well, hey, you know what? I, I'm glad. Oh, and I have to tell you guys, too. Here's the other thing. If you guys want to sign up for Legal Shield and not just sign up for it, but to actually be a part of my team and sell it, it's 99 bucks. That's it. Okay. Plus 20 bucks a month for the app because you'll want the app. Trust me. Um, but that's it. It's lifetime forever. Just 99 bucks forever. And I'll tell you what some of the benefits are. Um, but then the other thing is, too, if you really like what you got and you know somebody else who would, you know, could use it, then refer me to them if you don't want to sell it yourself because that would help, too. Okay. And if I could, I'd give you all hugs. All right. So let me read this story because I read this. I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh Man arrested for reading Bible at St. Paul's, London. Uh, this, this said here, staff at Landmark Church, quote, quote, not happy, unquote, <laughs> about public preaching. Interesting, isn't it? We have a Bible preacher on the outside of a church preaching the Bible near a church. And the staff at the church are not happy about this. It says here, a bus driver was arrested for reading parts of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount outside of St. Paul's Catherine, or rather, St. Paul's Cathedral in London due to staff complaining to the police. Staff! The staff were complaining, people! The staff of the church! Two videos of 55-year-old Alan Coote, yeah, that's his name, Reading aloud from the Bible outside the famous London church have been doing the rounds recently. Published on June 30th, one video shows Coot being arrested by a police officer for, quote, breaching the peace, unquote. The second video was filmed a few months earlier and shows Coot having a less heated discussion with police officers. Both interactions were prompted by complaints by St. Paul's staff about Coot sharing from the Bible in the public space outside the cathedral. Mr. Coot told the Telegraph, They called the police and I was arrested and driven away, but they just drove down the road and released me just around the corner. <laughs> hey, you guys, there's somebody reading the Bible outside my church. I don't like this. Let's get them arrested. Okay, hold on just a second. Hello, what is your concern? There's somebody reading the Bible outside my church. Can you please arrest him? And what passage of the Bible is he reading exactly? Do you know? No, I don't. But can you please come and arrest him? Please, pretty please, can you? <laughs> we'll be right there. Meanwhile, after the fact, the dispatcher hangs up and says, Oh man, not again. We have to go get that guy reading the Bible. He All he's doing is what Jesus said, but tell you what, in order to appease the grumpy old person at the church who called about it, what we're going to do is we're going to take him, going to fake arrest him. And then, after that, <laughs> we're going to drop him off around the corner. 
That's what this seems like to me. <laughs> if it wasn't so sad, it, it wouldn't be funny. But anyway, it says here... <laughs> The security staff were not happy for me to read it as they claimed I was on private property. I quoted to them that there is a constitutional position, the epistle dictatory that encourages the Bible to be read in the Church of England and on its land. <laughs> Since the arrest in June, Coote said, uh, Coote and St. Paul's have come to an arrangement. Coote told Living Church that the Landmarks Church authorities agreed to him being allowed to read on St. Paul's steps for at most 30 minutes each week. Yeah. Yeah, they did that whole half hour. Probably when the other guys on his lunch break, hey, this guy, he's going to be reading right now for 30 minutes. It's time for us to go to lunch so we don't have to hear it. Coot says that he can speak more softly than he normally does, yet hopes his publicized, how do you say that? I don't even, Stouch. Stouch? I don't even know what that is. Like a speech or something? It must be a Britishism. With St. Paul's will be a wake-up call for them to start teaching the Bible instead of becoming a museum for visitors to pay money. Ouch. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing. The funny part is that it's not funny, but, but the irony of it all, it's the irony of it all. The irony of it all is that, yes, these beautiful cathedrals, yes, you see the snooty architecture over here of the person that did this 10 gazillion years ago, <laughs> which was inspired by the Bible, right? Yeah. I don't know. He was probably reading scripture that is contrary to liberal Episcopal policy. It's po very possible, Bill. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> okay, one other story on faithwire.com. Court slaps down law requiring women to get ultrasound before abortion. Now this is this is um this is irritating to me because it's not good. It says here the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals upheld a lower court ruling blocking legislation forcing women to undergo ultrasounds at least 18 hours before terminating their pregnancies. Don't you love this? Hey, I'm a woman and I'm going to, I'm pregnant. I need to see if I'm pregnant and I want to kill my baby first. But wait, we want to make sure it's really in there. So let's go ahead and get an ultrasound first before we decide to kill it. And I'm using that language on purpose, just so you know. No, actually, the liberals don't like this because actually the research shows, and Tommy can verify this, the research shows that when a woman actually sees that little baby on an ultrasound, she's more likely to not abort her baby because she can see it. She can see a little baby there, and she can see the little beating heart, and it's moving around and all that stuff. So this evil court, as always is doing stupid evil stuff. Anyway, U.S. District Judge Tanya Walton Pratt issued the initial injunction in April 2017, and the Federal Appeals Court affirmed her ruling this week, the Associated Press reported. Vice President Mike Pence, who was serving as governor of Indiana at the time, signed the bill into law in 2016. The measure also barred women from seeking abortions based solely on race, color, national origin, ancestry, or sex of the fetus, or a diagnosis or potential diagnosis of the fetus having Down syndrome or any other disability. You know what really gets me is that it, 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 it drives me nuts that, that first of all, you have, you have doctors 
who actually will tell a woman, oh, it looks like your baby's going to be a Down syndrome baby. You don't want that because, uh, you know, that's handicapped. You'll have to deal with that. They're not, they're not made right. And yet I look at that person, I just want to smack them. You know, have you ever, I mean, have you ever met a mean person, a mean Down syndrome person? Really? Have you, I mean, we had a church, we were at a church in California and there was a whole ministry of men and women with Down syndrome there. I don't know how many people there were in that ministry, but there was a lot, like a 12, 15 something. There was a lot. And I never once had, I never once saw anybody with Down syndrome like be mean or anything. In fact, they have this innate ability to be super compassionate and intuitive and sweet and loving. In fact, so much so that Gerber, which I have to, you know, if I was a mom, I would definitely buy Gerber stuff. They actually, not too long ago, I believe it was Gerber, put out the very first Down syndrome baby on their product, right? I mean, you remember that? They, it was like their little Down syndrome baby and you know how many people went and bought it because of that. Because, look, they're so cute, you know. And, and they're cute adults, too. I mean, they're just cute people, okay? Just saying, they're cute. Uh, anyway, but it drives me crazy that people, the, the pro-choicers or pro-people I want to kill your baby people, you know, they'll go, well, you know, race, color, and national origin, ancestry, the sex. Oh, I don't want a girl, so we'll kill it. In fact, I've shared this before, but I actually had a friend I met at Aqua Aerobics a number of years ago. She actually worked, she, she worked in OBGYN's uh, office. And there was a woman that came in who was married and she actually wanted to kill her baby if it was, I can't remember if it was a girl or a boy, let's just say it was a girl. If it was a girl, she wanted to kill the baby. And this nurse who worked with OGBYN um, had the job of reading the ultrasound, Right? And she, she, this is what she told me. She said, I couldn't, it, it turned out the baby was the gender that she didn't want. As a Christian, I could not tell her this because I didn't want that baby to die. So what my friend did was, she basically lied. She actually said, she actually said, um, well, you know, it's really unclear. I can't really see what it is right now. And she kept putting it off until she could no longer abort. Um, <clears throat> and she actually did go to uh, um, the, you know, her supervisor too. And they're like, well, you know, whatever. But, but it's sad that there's people that have that mentality. Anyway, it, in her decision Thursday, appeals court judge Alana Robner said the policy constitutes an undue burden on those seeking abortion. by requiring some women to face lengthy travel and additional expenses. Yeah, like they super care about that. Oh, yeah, all these restrictions. Now we have to make the women go get an ultrasound. And hello, Sir Vandal. Uh, now we have to do that. And we have to make sure. I mean, it's so stupid. Anyway, it says here, Indiana Right to Life President and CEO Mike Fitcher denounced the ruling claiming its blockage in 2017 has already led to an increase in the number of abortions in the state. 
Sadly, many, many women will proceed with having an abortion without ever seeing the humanity of their unborn babies on display through ultrasound imaging, he said in a statement. Abortion providers continue doing everything they can to block women from being fully informed prior to an abortion decision. Uh, Fitcher pointed to the fact that in the second half of 2016, when the ultrasound law was in effect, the number of abortions actually decreased to 3,317. The Indianapolis Star reported, <clears throat> when the legislation was blocked, the rate of abortions went up. Activist judges blocked Indiana's ultrasound requirement in early 2017, and now we're paying the price for rising abortions. He wrote in a blog post earlier this month, we can only imagine how many lives would have been spared if these laws had been able to take effect. And again, it is. I mean, it, it's just, it's it's so stupid. Our, our country, in some ways, is so stupid. <laughs> I don't mean that in a mean way. I just think it's stupid. I mean, a couple of days ago, we read about the U.S., uh, the, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the Sixth and the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, and all their different rulings on prayer, right? Well, no, you can't pray here, but you can pray here. You can pray in Texas or Tennessee, but you can't pray in New Jersey or whatever it was. Well, wherever that district has yeah. jurisdiction. But here, here, it's good versus evil. It really is. It's truly good versus evil. It's like, it is evil to kill a baby. I don't care if it's in the womb or outside the womb. The only difference is size and location. That's it. Period. Right? It doesn't matter how the baby was conceived, just so you know. It's not like we walk around today and I'm in a crowd over at Pickleball. Hey, how were you conceived? I think that would get an odd look. And yet, for some strange stinking reason, how we're conceived in the womb before we were born actually seems to matter to some people. Do you know how dumb that is? I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, actually. <laughs> it is. And yet, it's so evil, you know? And you know what really gets me? Okay, rant time. Just one minute, because I, I know our show's technically over, but I have to rant just for a minute. I'm a woman who could not have children, not by choice, but by bodily whatever my issue is with my body, okay? My whole life, my reproductive organs were blah, blah, blah. I had periods from hell, okay, let's just say it that way. Really, really bad. Just, you know, I, I got a defective uterus and my body just didn't, whatever. So anyway, and so I look at stuff and I go, wow, this is like irritating at the very least when somebody gets pregnant and they don't actually appreciate what they were given. All right. And, and I'm just going to say this, too. Yeah, probably because I am middle aged at this point. It, you know, I, I look at young women today, not all, but a lot. And it's because our culture went like that. I mean, literally down down the tubes as far as morality goes. Marriage is one man, one woman. In the olden days, <laughs> you had sex after you got married. And then, voila, if you got pregnant, if you were blessed to get pregnant, guess what? Those children were raised in marriage, and there was no problem. You didn't have a problem with your finances. You didn't have a problem with STDs. You didn't have a problem with a whole bunch of stuff because you actually did it the right way, right? It was laid out right. Get married, have sex, have your babies, 
you'll, you'll be fine. And yet, if you think about it, now today, hey, let's just sleep around with whoever the hell we want to sleep around with and get whatever stinking disease we want. We don't even know what it is, but who gives a crap? Because I'm going to go ahead and spread it to everybody else, so who cares? And the poor little babies born out of wedlock are generally raised in poverty. And, and then, you know, and, and then everybody's like, well, that's, well, that's why we have welfare. <laughs> That, this is why we have welfare in the government. The government is supposed to take care of us because of the stupid things that we do, right? <laughs> it drives me crazy because nobody ever talks about the actual ramifications of the behavior. And look, I'm not judging anybody in particular. I'm looking at the culture and what the culture said. Hey, there's a reason why shows like Little House on the Prairie were so were so popular and and are and frankly are so still beloved today, you know, it's because they actually advocated normalcy, and yet today we live in a world. <laughs> you didn't hear that. <laughs> we live in a world where where everything abnormal is celebrated. It's ridiculous. Since 1962, when prayer was taken out of schools, the world has been a, on a course of destruction. Government equals taxpayers. Yeah, Tommy, exactly. And you're right too, Vandal. You know, it, it drives me crazy because we pay the brunt of this. You know, you know what really irks me too? And I'll just say this because I can. My friend Jennifer, Dr. Jennifer Fee, her and another, uh, her, her church are on a mission right now to, to raise money to provide back backpacks and school supplies uh, to children who need them. Now, in the olden days, we wouldn't have to do that. You know, and it's really sad to me that, that, that you have dual, dual kit, you know, dual incomes with children, and you can't even afford basic simple expenses like a pen and a little cheap backpack to give your child because things are not only taxed through the nose, but, but I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. We've been sold a lie, a big, a big fat lie, actually. Women um, should work, in my opinion. Proverbs 31 actually is a woman who worked, right? I'm not saying that she has to work 24 hours a day, but she should raise her children in the home, right? And wages should be good enough for a man to get one job and work it so that they can actually do this. And, and, you know, but the feminists, and I don't, I, I don't mean the, the moderate ones, but the, the really flaming liberal ones are like, yeah, you know, we, we, we need a, a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And that's actually a really a quote, by the way, I think it's from Gloria Steinem. And they actually sold this lie basically to my generation that, hey, you know what, women, you can put your babies in daycare. It's not going to impact them in any way, blah, blah. And you go out, just, you know, you get the pants in the family, earn the bread, the salary, the whatever it is, and everything, okay? <laughs> and you know what's really weird? I actually know, I know a number of men who are, who are stay-at-home stay dads because the women make, they, they go out and they work, and they make more money than they would. And honestly, that wouldn't work for me. If I had kids, I'd be like, nope, you go, bareface, get your butt out there, you work five jobs if you have to to support me and the kids, you know, I, I don't think that that is right, I, I have a problem with that, I understand it, but I have a problem with it, um, and not that a stay-at-home father is a bad thing, I just don't think it's God's perfect design for the family, and I maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I just, 
I don't know. I was, you know, and the other thing is my mom and dad, uh, when I was growing up, my, my, um, I've had people say to me as an adult, well, you were handed everything on a platter, probably. Look at you, Miss Smarty Pants. You got a master's degree and you own your house. You, you do your own company. You got awesome, great hair. Just kidding about the hair part. <laughs> Just seeing if you're paying attention. And I've actually had people say this. You probably had everything handed to you on a platter. You know what? I had nothing handed to me on a platter. Not one thing. I earned my car when I bought it. Uh, I've been working since I was 15, 16 years old outside the home. Uh, I moved out when I was 18, paid my way through college, didn't get a darn thing handed to me. And I was raised on welfare because my mom slept around, got married and divorced. And my dad was a deadbeat and wouldn't pay child support. So I, I didn't get life handed to me on a platter. And what really irks me is that we have a society today where everybody is, <laughs> thank you for saying that. You know, where, where everybody is, is like, well, I'm entitled to stuff. And I'm like, no, look, do it God's way and you'll be blessed. And honestly, I'm just going to give God the glory for that because I did it God's way because he saved me and he's blessed me with what I have now. But it's not because I haven't worked my butt off to get it, right? Anyway. All right. I feel better now. Thank you for letting me share. <clears throat> Randall's like, okay, Stacy. Stacy Lynn, it's time to wrap this up. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I will just say this last thing. I remember when I was, uh, and I have to say this too, Randall, same background basically as mine. Okay. Work for everything. Um, but I remember going to college and I was in the financial aid department because I applied for loans. Right. And in, in the waiting room was a young lady who was probably two or three years younger than me, pregnant with her second or third kid, and she was there getting her college paid for because she could, because she was pregnant out of wedlock. Irritated the crap out of me, to be honest with you. Because here I was, married, no children, doing it right, and I didn't get any help. I had to pay my, my own way. And, that really, and see, that's where our system is broken. And that's why I think, look, the Bible talks about if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. <laughs> Just saying. And, of course, work is defined differently, you know, among different people. But, but well, you could argue that well, that girl was trying to work and get her education. Yeah, maybe so. But I just have to say that it's, it's uh, you know, it's not fair. True feminists support all women, including the smallest ones in the womb. Amen to that. That's right. See, women babies you know, are discriminated against. That's right, people. And just so you know, by the way, women, it, without women, you wouldn't be here, just so you know, because it was a mom that, like, delivered you, just so you know, and Randall's telling me really now to shut up, so I should go now. <laughs> All right, so tomorrow we'll be back. Remember, everybody, be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>